Astronomy and spirituality have much in common. Astronomy and mysticism, indeed, have much in common. Amongst the great world religions, in that inner circle of saints and mystics, contemplatives, they practice a form of meditation or silent prayer in conjunction with sensory deprivation. In those kind of traditions is where there are reports of visions of inner light and auditions of inner sound or heavenly music. Those who get up early in the morning at some monastery or ashram or at home one may get up early during the hour of elixir, the Amrit Vela, as the Sikhs call it, or Brahma Muhurta, the hour of God, in the middle of the night to practice meditation. Sensory deprivation. The sun hasn't come up yet, so it's dark. There is no light pollution. Quietude is in the air. There is no sound pollution to interfere with subtle perceptions of light and sound. Many parallels, aren't there, between mystics and astronomers. Astronomers also are up in the middle of the night, gazing at the heavens. They look through the lens of a telescope. The mystic looks through the lens of the third eye, with both endeavors, exploring outer space or exploring inner space. There is the need to focus. And there is also the need to avoid light pollution or sound pollution or electronic pollution. Telescopes avoid the bright lights in order to see the faint light from the heavens above. Radio astronomers avoid electronic pollution. Garage door openers, microwave ovens, cell phones radio and television towers, satellite transmissions that would interfere with the long-distance signals they are attempting to receive. Mystics teach that the human body is a kind of telescope. We are able to gaze upon inner space. And so there is a spiritual practice that we can learn in conjunction with sensory deprivation. In the darkness, we meditate in order to access the light. In the silence, the heavenly sound can be heard during contemplative meditation. It says in the Nag Hammadi book, Dialogue of the Savior, one of the Gnostic Gospels, you have to be in the darkness in order to see the light. Once again, it's like astronomers seeking dark skies in the middle of the night in order to access faint, subtle light coming from many thousands of light years away. Today on Spiritual Awakening Radio, astronomy and spirituality have much in common. The saints and mystics portray the human body as a kind of telescope, able to access inner realms heavenly realms. The following is from Julian P. Johnson, his spiritual classic written back 
in the 1930s called Path of the Masters. The message of the Masters fills the world with hope, and at the same time it offers a rational foundation for such hope. It not only tells people what they should do, but it offers them a definite method of doing it. In the march of the ages, cycle after cycle, in every planet where human beings reside, the great masters are the light bearers of that world. Until the end of the ages, they will remain the friends and saviors of those who struggle toward the light. I suppose we might update that and say, in every planet where sentient, intelligent life resides, the great masters are the light bearers of that world. Mystics have universally taught East and West that the light of God is within everyone, as George Fox, founder of the Quakers, once said. If we can transcend cultural blinders, religious blinders, that tell us it is impossible for us to see spiritually, mystically, or inwardly with the single eye or third eye. There is indeed hope to reunite with the divine light right here, right now, in this present moment, and discover that darkness is not really dark. Once we are open to the possibility, then there is the potential of adopting a contemplative meditation practice that leads to the experience of the inner light. There is the hope we might be able to temporarily transcend the world of the five senses and begin exploring the new world of inner space, the kingdom of the heavens, that are accessed from within us, leading to the kingdom of the light. If the energy of our attention is scattered and dissipated into the world of the five senses, when we close our eyes, we naturally see darkness. But if our attention or awareness is focused at the single eye, the third eye, the seat of the soul, light will appear. Life in the cosmos, not through the empirical method, but through the intuitive or revelatory. The medieval mystic, hermetic, Gnostic, Christian mystic, Giordano Bruno, once said that there is an infinity of worlds. Thus is the excellence of God magnified and the greatness of his kingdom made manifest. He is glorified not in one, but in countless suns, not in a single earth, a single world, but in a thousand thousand, I say, in an infinity of worlds. As is often the case in the West, where spiritual movements are liquidated and the wheel keeps getting reinvented over and over again, mystics such as Giordano Bruno might be burnt at the stake or imprisoned, disappeared from the scene. But at the same time, as Giordano Bruno's comments were shared in Europe, in India, Guru Nanak said something quite similar. And instead of being treated like a criminal or a heretic, 
Guru Nanak is considered to be one of India's greatest saints. The following is from the Japji, the morning prayer of Guru Nanak, saying something quite similar to Giordano Bruno. Many millions are the skies and solar systems. Many millions are the moons, the suns, the stars. Many millions are the sources of creation and continents. Many millions are the jewel-containing oceans. Many times has the universal expanse occurred. The Lord has strung all the creation in his thread. His limit no one knows. Many millions go about in many existences. Many millions have been the incarnations. Many millions are the creatures of various descriptions. Many millions of beings the Lord has made of good many descriptions. Many millions are the celestial singers. Ever and ever the unique Lord remains the same. From the Lord they emanate, and into the Lord they merge. Nanak says, with whomsoever the Lord is pleased, he emancipates. The Lord is near yet far from all. Nanak says, the Lord is pervasive in creation, yet he himself remains away. Many millions searching for the Lord find the Supreme One within their mind. Many million are thirsting for the sight of the Lord. To them the imperishable Lord meets. They are imbued with the love of the transcendent Lord. In many ways the Lord has spread himself. Nanak says the Lord is all by himself. Many millions are the devotees of the Supreme Lord, and their souls are enlightened. Many millions have realized the essence, and with their eyes they behold the one Lord. Many millions have realized the essence, and with their eyes they behold the one Lord. Many millions drink the nectar name. They become immortal and live forever and ever. Many millions sing the praises of the name. They are spontaneously absorbed in divine delight. His servants remember him with every breath. Nanak says they are the beloveds of the Supreme Lord. The Lord alone is the doer of all deeds. There is no other. A passage from the Sikh scriptures, the Adi Granth, the Gurbani or Psalms of the Saints of India, from Guru Nanak's Japji Morning Prayer. Countless are the earth's spheres and devotees. Quite amazing words from Guru Nanak. Countless are the gospels, sutras, odes, Upanishads, gathas, quatrains, abhangas, gitas, granths, vanis, and vedas. As Guru Nanak says in his morning prayer, the Japji, endless are 
the harmonies played by the minstrels. The players prepare endless tunes and measures to sing to thee, O bountiful creator. Thy light is within the beings, and the beings are all within thy light. Countless are the countries, earths, and spheres. Millions assigned to him ever new names, O Nanak. That's from the Kripal Singh translation of the Japji, the morning prayer of Guru Nanak. This is also from the Japji, the Kripal Singh translation. Countless there are that remember thee, and countless those that love thee. Countless there are that worship thee, and countless those that seek thee in austerity and penance. Countless there are that recite from sacred books thy praises, and countless those that, absorbed in yoga, stand indifferent to the world. Countless those thy devotees who contemplate thy attributes and wisdom. Countless those that practice truth and charity. Countless the heroes that boldly face the foeman's steel, and countless those who have vowed silence. Meditate on thee with unceasing love. Those verses from the Japji, the morning prayer of Guru Nanak, remind me of a passage from a Western text known as the Book of the Odes known to some as the Odes of Solomon. This is from the Willis Barnstone translation of this particular ode, Ode 12, found in the book The Other Bible, edited by Willis Barnstone. Through the word the worlds converse, and the highest one gave the word to his worlds, which interpret his own beauty, recite his praise, reveal his thought, are instructors of his works. For the swiftness of the word is ineffable. Its course knows no end. It never fails. It stands. Its descent and its way are incomprehensible. And through the word, the worlds converse. One translation renders it, and through the word the worlds talk to one another. The mouth of the highest one spoke to them, and he was made clear by his word. The dwelling place of the word is man, and its truth is love. Astronomy and mysticism have much in common. The bigness of the known cosmos keeps on getting bigger. Actually, it's our awareness that keeps on growing, seeing more of that which is. I find astronomy and mysticism have much in common. Like Galileo discovering new worlds through the lens of his telescopes, mystics have been trying to tell humanity for eons 
something quite similar. The reason why the contemplative state of being is still hidden from most of us, most human beings, is that unlike Galileo's telescope, in order to look through this particular lens, the third eye or inner vision, we mustn't focus on the outward sensory impressions, but go in the opposite direction into inner space. Look through the lens of the third eye to access the world of within. Tune the inner radio dial, listening for the subtle inner sounds coming from beyond the silence. This is how to access the kingdom of the heavens, the inner space within you. The spiritual path is all about this, transformation. Beyond a certain point, when we've gone as far as we can go on our own, trying to figure out the mysteries of reality and the cosmos, trying to figure out how those saints and mystics and Gnostics experienced the heavens like they did, like they wrote about in their writings or scriptures. Inspiration can come from others we eventually come to trust. The deluxe version of this mentoring process for a few of us comes from living and enlightened spiritual masters, what we call Sant Sat Gurus. This is from Swami Vyasanand from his book, The Inward Journey of the Soul. When we close our eyes and do not see any objects, this does not mean that there exists nothing that can be seen. In other words, the shapeless darkness is also an object. Unfortunately, we cannot even see pure darkness because we are constantly thinking about the images of the world. And instead of seeing darkness, we see the imaginary sights projected on the screen of the inner mind. Without practicing the meditation of focusing in the darkness, it is not possible to see the subtle light that lies deep within. The experience of divine light in meditation brings joy and the progress then becomes rapid. Consequently, one's faith and conviction become stronger. This is from Sant Kripal Singh. The light within should be penetrated while fixing your gaze intently on its center when it will grow stronger and burst to give you further way up. As you look within, you will see a sky or blue sky. If you look minutely into it, you will find it studded with stars or you may see pinpoints of light. If so, try to locate the big star out of them and fix your whole attention on that. Then you may see the inner sun or moon. If so, focus all of your attention into the middle. It will break into pieces and you will cross it. Beyond you will see the radiant form of the master or his master. The inner light does not come or go. It is always there within. It appears only when we are attuned or concentrated and seems to disappear as soon as there is the slightest dispersion. The light will not vanish if you just keep your inner gaze constantly fixed. Once you discover this light and learn to live by it, your whole existence will be changed. Love will permeate your very being and it will burst forth from the very pores of your body, transmuting all dross 
into sterling gold. Those are passages from Kripal Singh's book, Spiritual Elixir. This is from the poetry of Sant Nam Dev. Experience the state of superconsciousness where the Lord's love surges, and you will see your own form in each particle of creation. O Nama, the Lord will make the pupil of your eye his home, and your eye will expand to contain the entire universe. The realms described by the masters are within one's self. That is to say, it is a journey of several stages that one passes through on the way to the non-dual ultimate reality, or ocean of oneness at the top, beyond all illusion. The journey begins at the third eye center in this path of the masters, this path of Santmat, this living gnosis now. The journey begins at the third eye center, goes up through the crown chakra and through many levels beyond. During meditation, or surat shabad yoga, out of body or soul travel, one passes through the regions, the realms, the heavens, the levels. Certain lights, visions, or sounds one encounters up this NDE-like tunnel inside are used as markers along the way. Certain key visions, lights, and sounds are associated with the astral plane, the causal, mental, ethereal, and various spiritual planes above those. Finding spiritual freedom through a limitless spiritual practice. Says Sant Nam Dev, the Master's word is a stairway to heaven pierce through the six chakras and ascend upwards. Listen to the melody divine arising there. Through the melody, the turbulent mind is quelled. Realize that only thus is thy practice made fruitful. The following is from Shahai Swami, one of the spiritual successors of Maharishi Mehi Paramahans one of the few things ever translated into English, featuring the teachings of Shahai Swami. God is perceivable only through the soul or spirit, but our individual soul has become surrounded or covered by several sheaths or subtle bodies, astral, causal, and so on. So long as it remains in the captivity of these various subtle bodies and the physical body, it will be under the knowledge of these bodies and organs only, will be under illusory knowledge only, and will not be able to realize God. In order to know him, the jiva atman, the soul, the individual soul, shall have to be liberated from these bondages. The one who is able to be liberated from the body and subtle bodies is able to lift himself beyond the universe also. My commentary on Shahai Swami. Above, Shahai Swami, 
referring to his own mystical explorations and that of others who follow the same spiritual practice, Surat Shabad Yoga or Santmat, Inner Light and Sound, Bhakti, he speaks of inner light and sound meditation, transcendental seeing and hearing, and how it's possible during meditation to transcend the physical body, rise above body consciousness, transcend the astral subtle body, transcend the causal or akashic subtle body, ascend beyond the mental subtle body, and shed the etheric subtle body. All that remains is one's true naked identity. Atman, self or soul, surat. After stripping off all of the garments of the outer worlds, the subtle bodies, and corresponding realms they are associated with, or tethered to, the soul exclaims, I am that, I am that, I am that. In this sense, the soul has ascended beyond all of the universes of space-time and experiences knowing itself in the timeless state, the true eternal realm, or Satlok, or Satchkhand. What an amazing thing to proclaim to child humanity. We can go beyond the universe. from once again the Japji. There are millions of nether regions and skies above skies. Man has wandered endlessly in his search. The Vedas also say the same. The Muslim Sufi books speak of 18,000 universes, but it is the same power that sustains them all. This is from the Book of the Odes, Ode 34. There is no hard way where there is a simple heart, no barrier for upright thoughts, nor whirlwind in the depth of the enlightened thought. Where one is surrounded on every side by pleasing country, there is nothing divided in him. The likeness of that which is below is that which is above. This is from the Emerald Tablet of Hermeticism, as above, so below. This is from Carl Sagan. The cosmos is within us. We are made of star stuff. We are a way for the universe to know itself. Kabir says the light of one soul is equal to that of 16 suns. That naked soul we talked about earlier. Stripped of all the garments of the lower worlds. Thank you for joining me for today's Spiritual Awakening Radio. My name is James Bean. My email address is james at spiritualawakeningradio.com. Visit my website. Check out my podcasts as well. You'll hear more shows in the podcast realm, as in best of Spiritual Awakening Radios that are released, you know, archived older shows never introduced into the podcast world before. You'll catch those. Check out my website, spiritualawakeningradio.com, and click on the Apple or Google Podcast button or Spotify button, and you'll be able to access 
more material. Wrapping up today's program, this is from Rumi. We are stars wrapped in skin. The light you are seeking has always been within. Within.